Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening. It's DeCore Green. Welcome to our weekly post study. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. And uh, again, welcome to those who are watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, those who are watching the replay broadcast or listening to a podcast. Again, welcome to our weekly Bible study. Uh, open up in prayer and we'll jump right on into the word of God. Father God, we come now. We give you name, glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made, we shall rejoice and be glad. And we thank you, God, for the word that should go forth on this evening, God. We know it should go forth power and accomplish what you set up to accomplish in the lives of these, your people. Open our ears to hear, touch our eyes to see what you're showing us. Let this word go in our heart and it may take root, oh God, that we will apply it to our lives. We come against any seeds of distraction and will try to sow in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak to me, speak through me, oh God, you be glorified. Let your glory come upon this Bible study now. We praise you, we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Good evening. Good evening to everyone. Uh, so a quick recap of last week's Bible study. Last week we were on part five of defeating the demonic strongman. Last week we talked about uh, uh, continued with talking about strongholds uh, of the strongman. We know that one one uh, the stronghold is a is a wall of defense that the enemy tries to build. That the strongman tries to build uh, uh, around us, uh, even in us, etc. Uh, and so that that's that's uh, and also a wrong thought pattern uh, stronghold. So essentially, stronghold is a wall of defense, and um and and how the strongman um uh always tries to work off of many covenants. They need they they we we touched briefly on how they need legal right. Today we can get a little deeper to that. But they love to enforce ancestral covenants, covenants made on the land, covenants made in the city, covenant made in the territory that you live in, etc. They love to try to to bring you into covenant. So again we have to renounce those covenants, etc. etc. Uh and then of course we talked about um uh, those demonic strongholds, those demonic walls being broken, coming down, uh before you can get to uh, the strong man, we have to first destroy the demonic strongholds. And man, it's just a quick recap of last week. So if you missed last week, uh, make sure you go back and watch that replay uh, to go into more detail. Uh, so today we're going to go into part six of defeating the demonic strong man. And we're going to talk about establishing uh, legal rights. And of course, this, anytime you talk about warfare, deliverance, etc., you you always hear us talking about legal rights. I hear, you hear me talk about legal rights, legal rights, legal rights, because it's very important to understand it. Uh, but we're, we're going to now look at it from the perspective of the strong man, why the strong man needs legal rights, uh, why the strong man uses legal rights. And and all strong men, demonic strong men and godly strong men need to utilize legal rights. And as godly strong men, we also have legal rights and we must utilize legal rights that's given us through God, by God, through Christ Jesus. And also understanding the legal rights that the demonic strong man tries to use uh, to try to keep certain things going. And so, again, when dealing with the demonic strongman uh, in spiritual warfare, uh, we must understand that uh, that uh, as much as it is a spiritual battle where we use our weapons, it's just as much a spiritual legal battle. OK, so so let's understand that basic premise. We, we understand the warfare and, 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 and fighting against the enemy, uh, defending our territory, counterattacking the enemy, 
uh, ruling, subdue, and have dominion, using the weapons that God gave us. So that's the spiritual battle where we use our spiritual weapons to fight against the strong man, all the demons, or the foot soldiers working for the strong man. So, but as much as it is a spiritual battle, a spiritual fight with our weapons, it's just as much a spiritual legal battle. And so we have we have the children of God, us as the children of God, in war with the kingdom of darkness. Both parties, both sides, demonic strongmen, godly strongmen, both sides look to exercise their legal rights in the legal battle. So again, it's uh, it, as much as it is spiritual battle with our weapons, it's just as much a legal battle that has to be taken care of in court. Just as much. Just as much as important to understand. It's a legal battle over territory. It's important to understand that our legal rights, uh, to, to understand our legal rights, because it also aids us in winning the battle. Once we get a verdict from God in the courts of heaven, it helps us exercise the victory in war right here on earth. It, it helps us to exercise it right here on earth. But again, that's why we have to understand that there's the, the, the legal right is important. So 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 let's define legal right uh, just from the, the, the legal definition. Black's Law Dictionary defines it as uh, a legal right is lawfully guaranteed powers. A legal entity acquires from winning a court decision. Catch this now from winning. A, it, it's, it's a lawfully guaranteed powers. A legal entity acquires from winning a court decision. So watch this now, and I never even taught it on it from this perspective about illegal right. I was talking about how the enemy tries to find illegal right to access us, illegal right to try to steal, and how we have to exercise our legal right as children of God. But even from this definition, it says after winning a court decision, lawfully guaranteed powers illegal entity acquires from winning a court decision. So when we take the case to court, when we go to God in prayer, we approach God's throne, taking it to the courts of heaven, bringing the enemy to court, taking the enemy to court for what they've done, the lies they've told, how they stole and robbed, the things they try to do to us. We take them to court. We approach God, the just judge, in the courts of heaven. And again, I taught an entire series on on, on that, the courts of heaven. And we know that uh, Robert Henderson is the one who God kind of gave a lot of revelation on that, deeper in it, even though Coach Heaven, even long, long time ago, there was some talks about it, but he really kind of took it to the next level. Uh, and then God gave me a lot of revelation uh, from even a couple videos I saw of that, and he gave me a lot of revelation on Coach of Heaven. And so it's clear that the Courts of Heaven is a major, major place. And it's really prayer. That, that's really prayer, but it's understanding how to approach God uh, in prayer to get a legal right. So you see that you acquire it, you acquire it from winning a court decision. So we obtain our legal rights from winning our court cases. We get more legal rights by winning our court cases. So no wonder why the enemy is constantly trying to go to the courts of heaven against us trying to get legal rights as to why they can rob, kill, destroy, etc. Trying to find legal access. So we have to do our job by seeking God, seeking God, seeking God, 
and taking our court to heaven and simply taking it in prayer. And getting a verdict. And when you get that verdict, now you have a legal right. Again, you acquire it. You acquire it from winning a court decision. A, a lawfully guaranteed power, a legal entity, acquires from winning a court decision. We can't afford not to pray because that's how we win our that's how we win our court decisions. That's how we get court decisions in our favor. That's how the just judge rules in our favor because of Christ being our advocate, uh, uh, pleading our case. But that's why we can't afford not to pray. We must pray. And I tell you all the time, when we don't pray, we don't have a lifestyle of prayer. You knowing that the enemy is showing up to the courts as often as they can, trying to find legal rights, trying to find reasons to get a legal right. Really, they're going to court to try to find a reason to get a legal right to access us. And so if you know they're going on and on constantly, when we don't pray, when we don't have a lifestyle of prayer, it's literally a failure to appear. That's another court terminology. Failure to appear. You don't show up for court. It's called a failure to appear. So we have to keep showing up in court through prayer. And it's through that prayer and through us taking it to the courts of heaven, getting a court decision in our favor that we now get a legal right to stop the works of the demonic strongman. We get a legal right to stop the works of the demonic strongman. All right. So. So so we need that basic premise. So now what's a legal entity? A legal entity can be in any individual, an organ, organization, a company, etc. So you are a legal entity. You have the ability to go to the courts of heaven to get a verdict in your favor. To get a verdict in your favor from God. That verdict is your legal right. That verdict allows you to acquire a legal right. Well, Lord, the enemy's taking this territory. They seem to think that it's their territory. But no, 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 Lord. They, they robbed. They've stolen. They've done all these things. And it belongs to me. It rightfully belongs to me. And so I'm bringing this to court because the enemy is, 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 is doing this illegally. They should not be able to get away with this. I'm bringing it to court. Okay, you get the court in your, the sit in your favor. Now you can take that ruling, that verdict, knowing that you that, that the judge judge and rule in your behalf. And now you can take that verdict and apply it on the battlefield. No, enemy, you must go. You must leave. You are being evicted. I got the legal right. You have no rights to be here. You've been here long enough. You have no more legal rights. I have the documents. I have the title deed. Get out of my house. This is not your house. It is my home. This is not your possession. It is my stuff. This is not your inheritance. It belongs to me. This is not your bloodline. It is not your family. It belongs to me. You got to leave. What you've done, you will do no more. You will pack your bags and you will get out. I have the legal right. I have the documentation. The ruling has been in my favor. You lose. It's time for you to go. And now what happens is the strong man don't want to go without a fight. Because even though we have the legal right, we have the documentation, we have the verdict. Now the demonic strong man wants to put up a fight. And they want to put up a fight to try to buy more time to see if they can find some more legal rights to buy time for them to not have to go. That's where the fight, the clashing comes in, the, the battle comes in. But it's first one in the courts. It's a legal battle. It's a legal battle. You, you, you know the, the certain things, legal custody battles, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, uh, uh, certain uh, uh, 
a criminal case back and forth, the prosecution and the defense and the prosecution and the defense, they're presenting their evidence and the other side presents their evidence and then they have their closing arguments. We're presenting our evidence and we have so much evidence in our favor from the word of God, you being a child of God, you being a joint heir with Christ Jesus, him being our big brother, him dying on the cross for our sins, raised again from the dead with all power in his hand, Christ, Colossians 3, Christ being our life. You have so much evidence that you can use. But if you don't know the evidence, you don't present the evidence. And the enemy's trying to trump the charges, trying to add all this extra stuff. Then they're trying to use it to their advantage. Faith is evidence. You can present faith in the courts of heaven as evidence. And they try to try to present in the courts of heaven saying you have, you're lacking faith, that you don't have faith in that area, that you don't trust God in that area, that you don't really believe God in that area. Back and forth. Back and forth. Presenting your case, they present their case, etc. And then we get a ruling. And we get a ruling. We have an advantage. That's the thing. We have a great advantage. The courts were set up in our favor. So if the courts of heaven was set up in our favor and really to bring judgment upon the wicked enemies and for what they've done, how much more if we actually utilize and we go in the courts more often, we actually seek God more often, bring our case to him more often, how much more are we going to see these verdicts? There's some things, watch this now, think about, watch this now, put it in perspective. Think about if you ever been to court trial case, you have been around it, uh, how even if it's a, a general ticket, when you get that ticket, that traffic violation, citation, whatnot, the court date ain't going to be tomorrow. It ain't going to be next week. Most of the time, it's a while. Sometime a couple months. It all depends on how the cycle is. But especially you get into the criminal stuff, other type of trial, it, it can be months, even years before there's an actual trial. Either because there's how much cases in the pipeline, whatever the cycle was going, et cetera. So it can be a while before those cases are heard. It, it gets it gets stuck in the pipeline. And sometimes attorneys try to find ways to keep delaying it and delaying it and delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, delaying it trying to buy more time, trying to buy more evidence. So if the court's been set up in our favor, of course, the enemy's trying to buy time to try to cause that, that court to be delayed. But really, there's some things. Some cases that haven't been heard yet because we haven't brought the case. So it's waiting to be heard. It's just been sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. God's waiting for us to bring this case to him. Waiting, waiting, waiting for us to bring these cases to him. And you can keep bringing the same case over and over and over again. Because there may be more witnesses trying to come up against you. There may be more stuff trying to come. So you keep, okay, new trial, new trial, new trial, new trial, okay. But we got to keep showing up. But it's been it's been set up for your favor. It's been set up for you to win. But if we're not going there enough, if we're not utilizing the resource we've been given, it's giving the enemy to buy. It's buying time for the enemy. So we got to take a case. It's set up for our favor. So the verdict is your legal right. And like I said, you already have some legal rights based on scripture. Scripture are the laws of God. Those laws give you legal rights to many things. You have a legal right to healing, deliverance, great inheritance, a legal right to what God has set aside for you, your destiny, legal rights. So the enemies tries to find everything they can, legal rights. The demonic strong man tries to find any legal right they can to try to slow us down. You understand this? So then Satan, demons, uh, fallen angels, 
etc. Try to go to the courts of heaven and try to show why we shouldn't have that legal right. Essentially trying to show why why uh, uh, they should legally get access to block things that are already supposed to be legally ours. So the enemy tries to get a legal right to overturn your legal right. Try to get a verdict to try to overturn your verdict. And they're really not getting it overturned because God is a just judge. What, what Satan is really doing, what his camp is really doing, is trying to get a legal right to delay what you're supposed to have a legal right to. They try to find loopholes in the law, try to find ways to work it in their favor. But really, it's set up in our favor, but we got to use it to our favor and our advantage. And then, and, and then even back to um, uh, uh, the definition um, uh, of a legal right is uh, it points to the fact that it doesn't matter if the individual knows of the existence of the legal rights. It still impacts every citizen. It still impacts every citizen, whether you know it or not. What happens in the courts of heaven impacts you. And we know Satan is a legalist. He hopes you're ignorant. He hopes I'm ignorant to our legal rights so that he can use the law in his favor to try to work against us, even though the law has been set up for us in our favor. But of course, the enemy knows there's consequence to sin and disobedience. So whether you committed the crime or not, they try to make you become guilty by association. Satan knows that God won't go against his own word. So again, so you need to take your case to the court of heaven and know that God won't go against his own word. It's a legal right because it's rights that have been legally obtained. A verdict that has been legally won where the verdict has been in your favor. Now we get to execute it on the battlefield. So we have to step up and be like, okay, what's going on here that I know is not of God? Clearly the enemy somehow feel they have a legal right to do this. And it could be through nothing that you've done on your own. It could be nothing you, you, you've done on your own. Simple as that. It could be something from your bloodline, from your family members, your ancestors, people you're connected to, someone you used to be connected to, past relationships. It could be any access point. The enemy is going to go for it. The strong man knows what's going on behind the scene. So the strong man is saying, what can I send? Who can I send? How can I connect these things? How can I try to cause more delay? How can I weary them down? The strong man wants to weary you down so the strong man can stay behind there, behind behind the strongholds, letting all the foot soldiers do all the work to weary you. To get you tired, to get you weak, to get you frustrated, to get you all down and out. So that you, so that the strong man can stay hidden while still throwing darts at us. But we have power over the strong man. We have to get down, break down those strongholds, those wrong thought patterns, those walls of defense the enemy set up. Get, get rid of those lies, replacing those lies with the truth. And so, and so it goes back to getting a verdict. As a child of God, you have a verdict in your favor. But we got to keep showing up for the for for the court. Sometimes it's possible that that we spend more time. In the spiritual battle with the warfare aspect versus in the legal battle. 
but the spiritual warfare, the warfare aspect could actually be sped up in some cases if we take care of it legally. If we go and get the legal right. Hear me clearly. There's some battles that have been prolonged in your life over time because you didn't go and get the legal right. You've been maintaining it in the fight, in the battle, the spiritual warfare, but you need to go and get some legal rights by going to get some verdicts about some of this stuff. Because the enemy's been going to try to find legal rights as to why they don't have to leave. They've been trying to delay the proceedings. They've been trying to get it to be held off. Pushed back. So you got to put the pressure back on Amy. No, I'm taking you to court. We are taking this to court. This is not going to be delayed. This is not going to be denied. I'm taking this to court. You need to go and get the legal right. And it's going to make it even easier when it comes to the spiritual warfare battle. Remember, just as much as we're doing the battle and the spiritual warfare, the legal battle is just as important, just as critical. We need both. Some are focusing just on the legal battle and they're not dealing with the actual spiritual warfare battle. You still got to take the territory. You still got to do your part in prayer. Still got to do your part in warfare. They're trying to come against you because the strong man does not leave without a fight. So we understand we have the weapons. We have all these tools to our, to, to our disposal. We just got to use it. Persistent and consistent. Be persistent and consistent. Be persistent and consistent. I'm going to say it and say it and say it and say it. And I'm going to say it some more and say it again and say it again until we get it. You have to pray and war until you see the results. And of course, seeking God for strategy. Seeking God for strategy. Because every battle is not to be fought the same exact way. And so, so just put in this perspective now, you have a lot in your favor. The enemy does know a lot. The enemy knows a lot about God's laws. The enemy knows the word of God. Very well. Which is why Satan tried to, to twist the word of God to Jesus. But he, Jesus knew the word. So we have to know what's already written. Take time to prepare your case. And really the enemy's been overplaying their hand. And you said, okay, they've done this. They've done that. They've done that. Now what does God's word say about this? Okay, it says this. It says, I'm on the conqueror. It says, greatest he that's in me and he that's in the world. It, it, it says that no part of the enemy can by any means harm me. It says that Satan knows his time is short. So we have so much in our favor. So much, so much in our favor. Simple as that. And so, so we have to use it to our advantage. Use our legal rights. Get the verdict in your favor. Get the verdict in your favor. It's set up for you to win. But we still have to show up. We still have to show up in prayer. We don't want to have a failure to appear. We still have to have a lifestyle of prayer. There's no getting around this. That's why the enemy has gotten away with so much they've gotten away with in the church, in the body of Christ. 
because there's not a folk, not enough folks praying for real, for real. That true intimacy with God, chasing after him. But that's not going to be your story. That's not going to be our story. That's why God is trusting us with more of his glory. As we expose in the camp of darkness, now we still have a job to still go up, go forth, and establish the territory for the kingdom of God. We still have responsibility to show up in obedience, to show up by faith. This is a lifestyle. This is a way of life. This is how we live. The just shall live, 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 live by what? By faith. We don't play prayer. We don't do play, play prayer. It's a lifestyle of prayer. And the enemy, I tell you all the time, the enemy, the strong man, does not respond to mere talk. They respond to power. Our wicked enemies don't respond to mere talk. They respond to power. They respond to authority. Do you have the authority that you claim to have? They're going to test every last bit of it in you. Well, they say that Christ is ruling in them. Let's try it. Let's test it. Let's tempt them. Let's see if they really, if Christ is really ruling in them. And they try to do that to try to find some chink in the armor to try to get a legal right so that they can continue to do what they've been doing. Enough is enough. And it ain't enough to just talk it. How many people say, enough is enough. I'm not taking no more. Enough is enough. Through your actions, through the power. It ain't in mere talk. First Corinthians 4 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Living by God's power. That's a way of life. Living. It's not enough for the church has been living by God's power. A lot of church been talking about God's power. But we got the time. It's time to live by his power. And how do we live by his power? Get on your face. Chase after him. That is the formula. That is the secret. That will never change. And the reason more of the church is not living by God's power. Because not enough, enough of the church is chasing God. Pursuing him for him. For his power. For his power to be activated. On the inside of us. On a continual basis. Keep chasing him. Be persistent and consistent and persistent and consistent. And it will come. It will manifest. It will happen. It will be a way of life because his glory will be just all over you. Drenched in his glory and miracle signs and wonders will have to follow. And the enemy will have to respond to your power. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. But the strong man ain't no weak demon. The strong man ain't no foot soldier. The strong man ain't no dummy. They've been around for a long time. They know the legalities of the realm of the spirit. So we, again, have to utilize Holy Spirit. Who's our teacher, our God. He knows what's going on. As he teaches us and reveals things to us. And we utilize our weapons. And we get our, our verdict in the courts of heaven. Continue to chase after God, spend time with God. We can't lose because we already won, but we still got to show up. We still have to do our part. We can't be lazy about it. The flesh don't want to do it because the flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. God is raising you up. He's raising us up. He's building us up. 
to be these mighty warriors who ain't talking about God's power. We live it. We're living proofs of it. We're living demonstrations of it. We live it. We don't talk it. We don't pretend it. We live it. Come what may, come who may, come from whatever direction. We're not going to be moved. And we're not survivors. We are not survivors. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. This is what we do. And we can get that legal right against the enemy. Let's go to our Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Again, you're watching live, you hit the share button on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Revelation 12, verses 7 to 10 says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So we talked about this passage before that. This is the vision that John uh, had of a war in heaven. Although Satan, we know, has already been cast down before humans were created, before we came on earth, he still tries to bring accusations against the chosen of God. Michael, we know, who is the first in rank amongst the uh, archangels in his department because he's the heavenly host. He's over all the heavenly hosts. Those are the, the, the he's the, uh, uh, they're the ones who fight for us. And so God, of course, being the commander in chief. So Michael has fought and will fight against Satan. Satan has taken a fight to the earth and has raged war against us. And we ought to rage war right back. Again, Satan is not dumb. He knows his time is short. He knows it. Typically, says he going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He knows his time is short, so he tries to cause havoc in the lives of followers of Christ. He tries to retaliate against us. And the strong man knows their time is short, especially when dealing with those who recognize their tactics, dealing with true warriors, dealing with us. We know we won. We know we will win. But notice that Satan and his demons, or uh, really Satan and his, and his fallen angels, because those are, those are fallen angels uh, at that time, they didn't prevail. They didn't prevail against Michael and and the other uh, uh, the heavenly hosts. They didn't prevail. So they're not more powerful than the heavenly hosts. Michael and his angels alone are enough for us to win in battle. This again shows how much we have on our side, how much is in our favor. What I say all the time, God is not getting off his throne. So he expects you and us to remind the enemy that the battle has already been won by us not backing down, by, by us using the power and authority we've been given. Satan is not all-knowing. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at one time. That's why it's not just Satan who's taking cases to the courts of heaven. But the strong man, human agents of Satan, which is walking socials, 
also bring cases to the courts of heaven against us. So you have a strong man, a demonic strong man who's been assigned to try to stop your progress. And they have the demons working under them to try to stop your progress. The strong man who's been assigned is trying to go to the courts of heaven to try to find a legal right, to get a legal right, to get a verdict in their favor as to why they can gain access to your life, why they should still be able to have access to your bloodline. So we got to keep showing up. We know Satan is, is, is a deceiver. He deceives the world. So if we know Satan deceives the world, why are we still submitting to the world system? Why are we bound down to the world system, world system, letting the world system label us, listening to the world's wisdom? The strong man wants to try to find any legal rights to get any legal rights they can to keep doing what they're doing. And sometimes that legal right uh, uh, is personal sin, soul wounds, sins of those connected to you, etc. The company you keep is important. Who you're giving your ear to, who you're listening to, it is important. And it's one thing if, okay, I'm helping them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sowing into them, etc. But to another one, where you're, you're literally coming in agreement. You're, you're literally keeping uh, a bad company that's, that's contaminating you, contaminating your camp. Oh, don't, oh, don't, oh, believe the strong man recognizes that. And the strong man's like, all right, what can I do now to get more legal rights? Because keep in mind, the strong man's just trying to buy more time. They're just trying to buy more time. They know their time is short. They're trying to buy more time. That's what they're doing. That, that, that's what they're aiming to do. How can I buy more time? How can I weary them so that they're too weary to pray? How can I frustrate them? Until they get frustrated with God. How can I get them to shut up? Because they've been causing too much damage with the words they're speaking. How can I get to silence them? How can I make them afraid? How can I keep the same vicious cycles going in their life? It's what the strong man is saying. And while the strong man. Is strategizing. They're sending the foot soldiers out. To try to wear you down, to try to distract you, send the familiar spirits, the monitoring spirits to monitor you to get information so they can continue to work their blueprint. They continue to work their plan. Please understand, the strong man does not think just about today. The strong man is not attacking, is not assigned to you just based on today. Never that. That's partially. But really, they're looking at your future. They're looking at your destiny. The enemy does not want you to fulfill your God-ordained destiny. Fully, to the fullness, to the max. And they don't want you to have what God wants you to have. But please understand, it ain't about stuff. That That's low level. That's to, to the strong man, that's low level. That's just to try to frustrate you. The ultimate thing is they don't want you bring more God's glory in the earth. They don't want you bring God's kingdom on the earth. They don't want you doing what the kingdom of God does. Preach the word, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. They don't want you doing that. They don't want you exposing them. They don't want you driving them out. They don't want you walking the power and authority of Christ. That's what they don't want you to do. They don't care that but your stuff. They don't want you to have stuff just because they want you to be unhappy, just because they want you to be frustrated. But they use that stuff to try to get you frustrated, upset, so you're not really fulfilling destiny. 
That's why scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. These other things, these other stuff will be added. The strong man is looking up for the future. And they're trying to cut your future short. How can we find a legal right to bring about premature death? They are looking for long term. They're looking big picture. They're not looking at some of the stuff we focus on, which becomes a distraction. The, the strong man is laughing because they say, yes, let's get them occupied with that. Let's distract them to get them occupied with that stuff and get mad with God because this hadn't happened. And that hadn't happened. But to keep you not focused on chasing God, to keep you not focused on bringing more God's kingdom, bringing more God's glory on earth. That's what they don't want you to focus on. They don't want you to have a persistent and consistent prayer life. Those are the things they're ultimately trying to stop you from getting to because they know that that is going to expedite and, and accelerate your destiny. The strong man is thinking long term. They're saying, okay, now we see certain things that have already been released. We can only hold it up for so long. How can we buy five more years? How can we get three more years? What's our five, ten-year goal? So they got in ten years, this is where we want them to be at. In five years, we want them to be so frustrated until they, until they get this, until they this place. So they're looking long-term. They're not just looking at right now. They're not caught up in the moment. If the strong man, the demonic strong man is not caught up in the moment, we don't need to be caught up in the moment. Seek, put our thoughts on things above, on God, his vision, his will, his goals, his dreams for our life. Not getting caught up in the now. That's why the word of God says we walk by faith, not by sight. So no wonder why the strong man wants you to walk by sight, wants me to walk by sight, wants me to be moved by sight, moved by my feelings, moved by what I see. When faith is evidence, the substance of things, quote, for the evidence of things we cannot see. So then we're not having faith. Then the strong man is saying, OK, to the courts of heaven. Guess what? Yeah. You know, they say they trust you. But they don't really trust you. They don't really trust you like they say they do. They're, they're giving you lip service. That's what they're doing. They're giving you lip service. And so then they're using that as, as, as to try to get a legal right saying, okay, well, this is true. And they use that to buy more time. Think about that now. So we don't want to be in a position where we're playing catch up. If the strong man is five, ten years looking down the road, then we need to be looking five, ten years down the road. Lord, what are you saying about this? What's what what what's the plan? What's the path that 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 I need to be on here to get to where you want me to be to? That I'm on schedule. The strong man game is not. It's not. But they're not they're not they're not playing the short game. They have strategy for the short game, but they're playing the long game because they're looking at, OK. How can we continue to disrupt this whole bloodline? They're looking big picture. How can we connect them with the wrong person to keep this going for generations more? How can we get to accept, get them to accept this, to buy into this, to buy this lie, to keep this going for generations more? The strong man's game is the long game. So we have to be thinking the same way. Long term, generationally, we have to learn to start thinking generationally. How am what I'm doing now going to impact future generations?
That's a focus of witchcraft. The bigger focus, yes, they do little things to try to stop things, but the bigger focus of high-level witchcraft is long-term. The enemy wants to stay on your bloodline. They want to stay attached to you even when you're not on this earth no more. They want to still be stay attached to keep, keep their demonic evil legacy going. So we have to think generationally, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. Jesus Christ knew what he had to do, his final assignment, his ultimate assignment. But he knew it was generationally. I take the place for all the sin, all mankind, what Adam could not do, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing, I'm making up for it. I'm taking all on. So that no one can get to the Father except through him. No one can now get to the Father except through Christ. There's no way around. That's generationally. Way down the road. The strong man is thinking way down the road. Because even this, watch this now, watch this now. The strong man even understands, especially with this type of teaching, the strong man knows their time is short. Some of them already know that. There's some strongman who's already preparing for their exit. But because they know they're about to exit, they're trying to figure out a strategy on, number one, how they can come back. Or how they can try to lay traps and opportunity and effort for them to come back. They're thinking long term. So we can't get caught up in the moments all the time. Oh, this ain't happening. And I don't understand why. And I'm not getting it. Why, Lord? Generationally. Big picture. What you do will impact generations. If we do our part. For the good or for the bad. What we do impacts generations. If we apply it to our lives, we keep getting these legal rights. It's going to impact generations. Long after we leave this earth. Long after. We got to get the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Thinking like Christ. He knew the church was coming. Now here we are. We the. Bride of Christ, the body of Christ. Think about that. Long term. Long term. So now you're creating a legacy that when your name is put out in the spirit realm. It carries weight. Because now there's a track record, there's a history. There's a legacy in the kingdom of darkness about who you are. You on their wanted list. Defeating many strong men, no matter how many new strong men show up, no matter how many new giants show up, we're still here for the fight and we're going to teach future generations how to do it too. So that they don't have to start over. They're not starting behind. We're giving them a stage, a step up. To be ahead of the curve. 
to be ahead, not even just on schedule, to be ahead of the curve. In generations being impacted. People you come in contact with, the seeds that you're sowing, it's making a difference. But we got to think long term. Long term. Lord, help me to see it like you see it. Here I know it's the beginning from the end. It's already done and, and it's done. So we, Lord, show us more. Show us more. Help us see more. Bigger picture down the road. How can we prepare for, for what's yet to come? Instead of always responding, reacting to something. Oh, I'm reacting. Oh, I'm reacting. I'm reacting. I'm reacting. I'm reacting. And we constantly reacting and we constantly behind. We want the enemy to have to react and be caught off guard. We're like, what y'all doing here? How did you find us out? What, what's going on here? Instead of us showing up like, what the devil? What you doing here? They need to be saying, what you doing here? What you trying to do? Jesus caught principalities off guard. When he showed up in that region, legion, there were, there were, there were demons still present went to, to, into, into the pigs. But ultimately, it was the principality of legion that was over that region, which is why they didn't want to leave that region. And so legion was like, whoa. And other, you see many other demons, whoa, what you doing here? What have you come to torment us before the time, before it's time? What you doing here? What, what, what? I know there was prophesied, but you coming. But but what, what you doing here now? You, you coming for us before it's the final judgment? They, they didn't know how to respond. They, it, they, they was freaking out. With, have you come to judge us and destroy us before the time? They know it's coming. They're not hoping that something's going to change. They know it's coming. They know what's going to happen. So they're trying to cause as much hell, as much damage to the body of Christ as much as they can until their final judgment. So we have an opportunity to cause much damage to them, to the camp, uh, kingdom of darkness. Before their final judgment. We want them to enjoy nothing. Not on my watch. We want them to hate their job. Think about this now. Think about how the enemy tries to make you hate your assignments. Now granted some of you own a job that God didn't even put you on to begin with. But you just there to, to be there because to get a paycheck. Because again you tapping into the world system. Instead of saying Lord what is your will? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? But that just takes too much faith for some people. But we, if, if we're going to carry this glory, this level of glory, it's going to require faith. It's going to require greater levels of faith. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get used to it. Hello? Get used to it. This is what manifests the sons and daughters of God look like, talk like, act like. This is what we do. This is what we do. We're taking our seat. We're taking our place of authority. We're taking over. We're ruling. We're reigning. We're having dominion. Long term. Long term. Big picture. Big picture. Praying on the level of our promotion. God's looking for our faith. We want to be what he wants to be, doing what he wants us to do. But again, the enemy's trying to have people saying, oh, I, 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 trying to get you to hate even what God's assigned you. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. Why I got to do this? I don't want to do it. Why I want to do it? Flesh talking. You want the enemy to hate their job. 
And their job is to kill, steal, and destroy. You want them to hate doing their job when they got to deal with you. You want the strong man to hate that they ever took an assignment against you. You want them to hate their job. You want them to hate their assignment. Because now they got to deal with you. And everyone that's attached to them, all every demon, witch, warlock, so attached to them, going to have to deal with you and your army and who you connected to. Because you ain't rolling with no pushovers. You ain't rolling with no status quo. I'm not taking no status quo child of God with me in war. It's some real spiritual gangsters. Some real spiritual goons who be like, I'm about this life in the realm of the spirit. Please understand, don't take my soft talk for, for weakness. Don't take my kindness for weakness. Don't get it twisted. I'm suited and booted. I got the full arm on. I got my weapons. They've been tried. They've been tested. They've been sharpened. Any day of the week, moment, hour, second, I'm here for this. Ain't no demon, no witch, no wall, no source going to come on my territory and think you're going to get away with it. And you ain't going to touch nobody or nothing I'm connected to and think you can get away with it. And I never come alone. And I never come alone. It's the mind of Christ. We rule. This is how rulers talk. And we talk with confidence. It ain't just talk. It's backed up with action. And we ain't no dummies. We ain't just going to be fighting that way and just, just go doing any fight just to fight. We coming with strategy. We ain't going to overwork ourselves now. We ain't going to burn ourselves out. Been there, done that. We ain't about to burn ourselves out. Been there, done that. Not about to happen. Not no more. No, no, no. No, no. Been there, done that. Ain't about to burn myself out now. Ain't about to seek God. Is this a fight that I need to fight? Or is this just a smoke screen I need to just ignore? Because I don't want to put all my resources here on this thing right here. If there's something bigger that's coming, I need to be prepared for what the image really trying, what the straw man really trying to do. But don't get it twisted. We got time today. We got time today to assassinate witches. We got time tomorrow to, to wipe out demons. Pick your fight. You name the location. You name it. You you pick it. Because I'm not coming alone. We still going to survey the land. We ain't by ourselves. We rolling as a team. Ain't no more solo acts. Ain't no more doing it alone. Ain't biting that bait no more. Negative. Finished. Not biting that bait. Anyway, let's go to our last passage. Job chapter 1, verses 6 to 12. Job 1, verses 6 to 12. New King James Version. Job chapter 1, verses 6 to 12. says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. 
So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And so again, in this passage, we find the courts of heaven in the session. There were angels coming to God to report on the activities of his, of his children on earth. So, you know, angels can report to God about what's going on, even though God's all knowing, but he has order. Uh, so uh, the New Living Translation uh, translation uh, in verse six says members of the heavenly court came to present themselves. The heavenly court. So, again, God is again, he's, he's a God of order. And the Hebrew word for present uh, in verse six is, is 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 it means to set or station oneself or to take one stand to set or station oneself or to take one stand. So in this passage, another use of the Hebrew word is a courtier. And a, a, a courtier was a person who was in attendance of the court of a king. So we see the courtroom terminology again. So this is definitely the courts of heaven in session. I taught on some of that in the courts of heaven. So Satan presented himself. Why? Because he felt he finally had a case against Job. He'd he been coming up showing before, but he didn't have a case. And, and I said before, as I taught on this before, that, that, that we've heard it said many times that it was God's idea to test Job. That was God's idea to test Job. It wasn't God's idea to try Job. It was Satan's idea. God didn't have to try or test. And when you get into the Greek and Hebrew word of it, it's not God testing you like, I'm going to see if you're going to pass this test. You're going to fail this test. That's God doesn't test us in that way. And even in some scripture that talks about testing, you look at the Hebrew Greek, it actually does not mean testing in a sense how we think it. Satan is the one who's going to try to test us. Do you have that power and authority in you like you say you do? Do you love God the way you say you do? Do, do you really have faith like you say you do? Because we don't we don't believe it. We don't want you to have it. So we're going to try to cause as much havoc to try to shake you up, to try to get, get you to step out of it so we can buy more time, so we can get a legal right. And so it was Satan's idea. God already knew what Satan had on his mind. He knew Satan had his eyes on Job for a long time, but he could never gather enough evidence to present against Job. Finally, Satan felt he had evidence. So he showed up to the courts of heaven again, because when he first time showing up for Job, now he finally had something. And in Job 2, 3, Job chapter 2, verse 3, one thing God said to Satan was, and still he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. This is what God said in, in Job 2 and 3. Job still holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So God was saying, Satan, you keep coming to the courts of heaven about Job, but you have no cause. There is no legal right that you have. I'm not going to give you a verdict here. There is no legal right you have. So you keep coming, but it's not going to happen. He found no legal right until this happened. Until this happened. He finally said, okay, I see what's going on. So God was telling Satan, he kept showing up wanting a legal right for the hedge of protection around Job to be loosened and to allow Satan to take things without a cause. In other words, he didn't have a case before now. He had, he, he, he had no legal right. So on this day, Satan finally had one. Job had pride in his heart. Job had pride in his heart. It was already in his heart. It was already a seed there, but Satan was was constantly watering it. And now Satan had a case in the courts of heaven. The adversary was also saying that Job was taking bribes. Say what? 
Joe, Joe on paper, Joe didn't take bribes. He he wouldn't he he wouldn't take no bribes. He wasn't doing anything behind God's back. But in Satan's eye, he like no, he is taking bribes. He felt Job only served God to get stuff. That's a wrong heart motive. And Satan knows that God is big on his name. God is big on God's name. So Satan made a case that that um that that God was 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 only getting glory out of Job's life because Job praised him for stuff. He like Job is only praising you for stuff. He's not praising you for real relationship. So Satan was presenting the case that Job put stuff above God's name and his relationship with God. In other words, he was trying to say it was a form of idolatry. It was something in his heart. It was pride in his heart. And you even go deeper, you know, we go deeper and I'll get into that today about even how with his children. He was like, well, just in case my kids do this. That, so, so a lot of things he was essentially serving God. He did have a love for God. But Job was, but uh, Satan was saying, nope, there's some pride there. There's some pride there. Because Satan sowed the seeds. He's like, these seeds are growing now. Nope, there's pride. It's, it's, it's growing, it's turning to pride now. And we see it all throughout the book of Job. Because Job had the audacity to be like, who can defend me against God? He was so sure. He was so innocent. He had done nothing. He was so confident. He like, if I could take God to court, I would. Who can defend me against you, O oh God? There's no one to defend me, but if I could take you to court, I would take you to court. Now, how prideful could you be to tell God, if I had somebody to defend my case against you, I would take you to court because I know I did nothing wrong. Pride. It, I mean, that's the, the epitome of pride right there. You going to try to take God to court? You going to try to tell God that that God don't know what he's doing? He's like, well, I did nothing. All, all this stuff is happening. What's going on? Pride. And Satan got a legal right. To now come after Job because of legal right. And it was that pride. But Job was getting coming at God. Like I was holy. I was righteous. I did all this. We know at the end God checked him and put him in his place, etc. But Job didn't curse God. There was some of his friends giving him bad advice and etc. etc. So it was because of pride. Because of pride. Satan had a legal right. He got a verdict in his favor. So we have to use our legal rights. Because we know what the enemy's doing. Oh, we got plenty of right. The enemy's doing this and that and this and that in, in your life, around your life, etc. So you have plenty of things to take the course. Heaven, plenty of evidence. But we have to utilize what's been given to us. Utilize our legal rights. Work it in prayer. Take it to the courts of heaven. Because a strong man has definitely been using some legal rights. So now we need to get all you legal rights to come against the, the demonic strongman. And we can do this. We'll continue to do this. We'll continue to do this. We're going somewhere. See, 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 you, you got to understand. You got you to catch, and I'm done. You got you to catch what God is doing and when God is doing a new thing. This ain't church as you know it. This ain't just no common word. We could get common words. Just and ain't nothing to do with me. This is about what God is doing. And the bite of Christ, you're hearing this word. You're getting all this word. You get to be a part of this. But we have to apply it. He's doing something. And this is for, this is going to set us up for ages to come. If we do this his way.
He's showing us the blueprint, the formula, and he's giving us piece by piece by piece. That's why this entire month, this entire month, we're fasting this entire month of January because the Lord said the focus is getting your house in order. He's getting our houses in order. He's cleaning house. He's bringing up the hidden things, the things that have been buried, that the enemy's buried, hidden soul wounds, all these things that have been deep. He's cleaning us out, cleaning us out so we can carry more of his glory. Because we're going to be known for God's glory. He's going to get all the glory out of it, but he's positioning us for this. He's positioning us for this. So you got to take heed to the sound. You got to take heed that this ain't just, just another good word. This is literally a movement, literally. God's stirring some things up in the realm of the spirit. That's to come and we get to be in the forefront. We get to be on the cutting edge of it. We get to be a part of it, right in the middle of it. But we got to take heed. We got to see what God's doing. He's not going to give us everything. He's not going to show us everything. We have to trust him. This ain't normal. We ain't living no normal life. It ain't no normal warfare. But you don't have no normal weapons. You don't have no normal power. You're not normal. Stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to fit in. You stand out. You're different. You've been different. And now God's showing you why that that, that good kind of different is, is, is pertinent to now for what he's bringing us into, for what he's trusting us with. Yes, some folks might think you're crazy, thinking that you're too deep. What you talk about, all this warfare and this, this strategic prayer and this, what all these prayer talking, what is all this stuff y'all talking about? Because they don't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming, but we have a glimpse, a snapshot. He's been showing us some of what's coming, more of his glory is coming, and we want it to fall on us. His glory has left some places, but people are still showing up because they don't know the difference. They've never experienced his authentic glory. They never experienced the fullness of his glory. They got bits and pieces and snippets, and they're still living off of old glory, a place that God has already moved on from, a place God has already left, but they're still having church. They're still going through the motions. Don't mean that they don't love God, but they're caught up in what God did, not what God is doing, not what's to come. And the enemy is laughing at it because they're keeping them in that cage. But they know that we are manifested sons and daughters of God on the rise and we're nothing but trouble to them. So don't you back down. Don't you let the fire get too hot because your fire is hotter than their fire. Your fire is greater than their power. Your power is greater than their power. But you cannot back down. This ain't no time to shrink back. Deal with the tough things. Deal with the things God is bringing to the surface. Deal with the things that you were numbing yourself to, that you are running from, that you're afraid to confront because this is needs to be taken care of now so you don't have to go around this mountain again. So you don't have to deal with this again. Things that the enemy has been used as legal rights over and over and over and over again because we never dealt with those soul wounds. We never dealt with those hidden things. God said, I'm trying to bring it to the surface. I'm trying to show you now. I'm trying to open your eyes to it now for where we're going. And we're going to take our fast. Remember the Lord said aggressive, rapid acceleration. I say all the time, I never heard the Lord use the word aggressive with me. Aggressive, rapid acceleration is coming. And this month is so critical for what he's, how he's cutting and pruning and pulling out, et cetera. And I know some of those words you've heard, buzzwords, cutting and pruning, et cetera. This ain't no cliche. The great revival is upon us. And if we're in position through prayer, through faith, through obedience, we apply what's being taught. I'm telling you. Unrecognizable 
how how the Lord is just going to put you in places you literally didn't imagine. You're going to find yourself doing things you thought you had been doing long, possibly way down the road, a thing you couldn't even imagine you would be doing, place you didn't imagine, didn't imagine you would be. He's doing a new thing, and he's doing a quick work, but we got to take heed to it. We got to grab onto it, and don't back down. Keep showing up. Amen? Glory be to the name of the Lord. Uh, so the first call, if you're not saved, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ came that you may have life, and that you may have life more abundantly more abundantly and so uh if you're not saved you can't get it right without christ you only get it right with christ so the first and, and salvation is not the end it's just the beginning when you get saved this is just the beginning it starts here now you get to learn more about christ until you try to become like christ until we become the manifestation of christ as he rules and reigns in us so if you're not saved and you're ready to accept the lord jesus christ as your savior you can repeat after me lord jesus christ I believe you died on the cross for my sins and you raised again from the dead with all power in your hand. Father God, please forgive me of all of my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to live for you. I belong to you and you belong to me. Amen. You just said it for the first time. Welcome to the family of God. You are saved. It is that simple. And you can send an email to info at thecorgreen.org uh, saying you just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. Uh, so you can get some more resources to help you on your journey. Amen. We welcome angels in heaven rejoicing. We rejoice with you if you just accept Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Second call, if you know this is home, you know this is home. You've been hearing the sound for months, for years, and you haven't made that next step that I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual covering. No matter where you are across the globe. You know that I'm your pastor. You know this home. Holy Spirit is pushing you. You've been growing here. You've been being stretched here. You, you know this is home. If that's you. It's time to finally make that next step and stop saying it in your head, in your mind, honorarily, and actually make that step so you can get connected with what we're doing collectively as a church so you can be a part of that as well. Amen. So it's not just all what you see here on Bible study and prayer closet. So get connected uh, uh, there. Send an email to info at decorgreen.org saying you want to become a member of Upper Room Kingdom. Uh, maybe you're a part of a church home, but you still feel very much connected here. Uh, and uh, I serve more of somewhat of a mentor. Uh, you too can send an email to info at thecorgreen.org saying you want to become a partner of Uproom Kingdom. So a member, full-fledged member of Uproom Kingdom or a partner. Again, you send an email to info at thecorgreen.org and we welcome you in advance to the room family. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, remember this Saturday. January 18th, this Saturday, January 18th, uh, is our first uh, Church on the Go live service of 2020, our only service for this month, actually. Uh, we'll pick back up more in February. So uh, because, again, so much that God is doing and wants to get established with this this fast and what we're doing here now. So uh, just Saturday, 11 o'clock a.m. at the Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta. Again, the Hyde Place Hotel, Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta. That address is 5595. Windward Parkway in Alfreda, Georgia. Again, that's 5595 Windward. That's W I N D W A R D. 5595 Windward Parkway, Alpharetta, Georgia 30004. That's this Saturday, 11 a.m. So looking forward to seeing you all there from near and far. Our first one of this calendar year. Awesome. Uh, and remember, tomorrow morning, prayer closet. Uh, we're not going to be on at our normal 6 a.m. time. We're going to come on at 545. We can go from 5.45 to 6.30. I know we typically go until 7 or a little after 7. 
we're going to start earlier, uh, just for tomorrow only, uh, 5.45 a.m. Uh, we're going to end at 6.30, just so you can know to get up a little earlier. Uh, so some of you may come on later. You'll know that we'll be done by 6.30 tomorrow only. Amen. Awesome. So I'm going to close out in prayer. All hearts and minds are clear. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for uh, uh, reminding us that, that that we too have legal rights. We can get more legal rights, uh, that the legal rights that the strong men think they can have, oh God, will be overturned. So we thank you for this word. Let it take root, oh God. Please, oh God, let it take root in our heart. We declare that anyone will not be able to come and snatch this word uh, uh, away from us, oh God. It will take deep root in our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, it will fall on solid ground a firm foundation. I declare, oh God, your, your spirit of peace shall rest upon everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God. Let your ministry angels minister unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank for ordering our footsteps, oh God. Keep us on the path of righteousness like only you can do. We need you. We want more of your glory. Thank you, oh God, for using us to be a part of this great revival. Don't let us miss a thing, oh God. Don't let us miss a thing. Keep us in proper alignment in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We send the heavenly hosts to go forth and do war and execute the verdict that's been rendered on our behalf. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And of course, make sure you go back and listen to this before next week because we're not going to always get it all in one sitting. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. As always, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is the Core Green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.